<laughs> Back in the building. Yes. Lyrically, I'm Mario Andretti on the Momo. Ludicrously speedy or infectious with the slow mo. Sports reports is ordered, Mr. Logical. Two five. And tonight, the draft is over, but the offseason is just beginning. So after we talk about a little bit of NBA expansion, we're going to talk about the one and only Damian, I don't want to be the bad guy, Lillard. Listening to Welcome to Miami. It's one of my favorite songs, too, but stop the cap. We're going to talk about some of these trades. Utah just made a move today, helping Atlanta clear up some space. And Mr. Logical is like, what the hell are we doing here? And then, of course, we're going to get you out of here with some get it off my chest. So, Mr. Logical, what's the word? Yo, listen, like I said, I'm I'm a logical thinker. I just want to understand. I'm just, you know, we'll get more into it. I'm just, I'm just wondering why, like, what these teams are doing. Like, I'm just trying to figure out if I was a fan of these teams and it seems like a lot of teams are making moves for 2026. I'm like, I will bet. Go ahead and give me that free trial pay rate on these mm-hmm. tickets. Because mm-hmm. um, I don't want to spend three hundred dollars on nosebleeds if you putting a a C plus product out there. Because in twenty twenty six, when these draft picks and these rookies that we got over in France and ten buck two come here, and then we can compete. Like I ain't got time for that. <laughs> I, I just and 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 that's a lot of these moves is like you know, like I said, we'll, we'll get more into it. But that's like essentially like where I'm at with this NBA move. Yeah, so, you know, we were talking about this this weekend, over the weekend, you know, Adam Silva trying to play coy with us, but everything on the streets seems to suggest that after the next CBA, you know, or in 2024, 2025, we may get an expansion announcement. You know, everybody for the last, I don't know, 10 years have pretty much assumed that it's going to be Vegas and Seattle that ends up with teams. But before we get started, I wanted to ask Mr. Logical, because, you know, we talk about this a little bit. We went through our Vegas rundown and how awesome Vegas is. Is Vegas becoming too saturated for the NBA? Because now that we've got the Oakland A's moving, you know, is there enough room for a successful NBA franchise? It's enough room because you you just have to build your facilities to to facilitate, you know, that piece. Because, I mean, they like, got T-Mobile, o- right? Yeah, Oakland's going to build a 30,000-seat stadium. Mm-hmm. That might be more than what you need, but you're not going to build one like Philly. I think Philly's like 40-something thousand feet, I mean, seats. So you build 25, 30,000-seat baseball stadium, 15,000 seat basketball arena, whatever. I don't know what T-Mobile's capacity is, but if they're going to play there, you keep it between 15, you know, 15 to 17,000, you could probably sell it out. People just kind of when you show up to Vegas, you you kind of work this expectation that you're going to spend money on extra stuff, so you just factor in like, all right, I want to go see the 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 Las Vegas Thunder 
So yeah, T-Mobile. You know, OKC <laughs> moves. You know, I want to see the Vegas Thunder. So I will then pay this extra couple hundred bucks and just kind of add it on to my Vegas vacation. So T-Mobile's 20,000. 20,000 seats. I mean, Vegas, is, the population of the city is. Oh, I actually got that right here. It's not a lot of places close to drive into the city. Yeah, I got it for you right here. Vegas's population is 653,000. A little bit over, but, you know, rough number, 653,000. You got got Henderson nearby. Reno's out of the way. 41 games, 20,000-seat arena. Unless you don't sell anything above that scoreboard level. Like, because I know I've been to Wells Fargo Center out here, and me and my son went to a hockey game, and we sat that high up. And there's a substantial number of seats in that upper bowl. If you don't sell any of those, you might be able to chop off like three or four thousand seats and just sell them low. So when the camera's panning, they can just pan over the audience, like how they did mm-hmm. with COVID. You know, during the COVID years, and Dallas had they had all the fans kind of lowered, and they could just only pan in on the, the areas where it had a bunch of so. So, know, so, fans. so here's the main question: Does the NBA need to expand? I don't think the NBA needs to expand. And their current team, like the form that they currently have, because we've been hearing about this new, you're not going to be able to have multiple max players in the luxury tax. You know, we've been getting all of our updates from Will Jarowski. So I'm not sure exactly what that number is, but the NBA says, all right, you have 11 players. You have a starting five and six players on the bench. Like that's all you can have is 11 and then that way Bradley Bill, a player like that, would have to be on another team. It's like you can't you can't pay these three guys and you can only you cap out of 11. Right now, you know, they have like 16 dudes on the roster, 15, 16 dudes, and four of them are in Gucci and Balenciaga hoodies on the bench every single game. And they're just hoarding talent. And then you have teams like Detroit, Orlando, Washington, their best young player gets hurt, and now they're they lose. 50 games. San Antonio, they they trade away their best player and they don't have any other talent. So if you want to expand and add more teams, you got to limit how many players are on one team. Like mm-hmm. if a player is considered top, if you have two players considered top three in their position, they can't be on the same team. It has to be something like that because essentially you're going to be adding more teams that are going to put themselves in the lottery by December. Everyone's pre like that December, January before the All Star break. They're gonna be like, we are a lottery team. So if you add two more teams or four more teams or whatever number you add, but you don't limit how many players other teams can have, and then the talent doesn't get dispersed, you're just gonna add the Vegas Thunder and the Seattle SuperSonics as they come back. You're just gonna just throw them right in the in the lottery. We already have an issue that we were discussing with our with our group. People not knowing who the players were coming in the league from college. Well, if you expand, you're gonna have to spread those players out. And if people aren't like everyone wants to watch Anthony Edwards, great personality. I think people like Lamelo Ball, but I'm not sure people are tuning in if James Wiseman is your is your star of your young team. Mm-hmm. Pablo Banjero, I think people like his name. I think it sounds cool, but I'm not sure how many people 
other than a couple of people in our group that are Orlando fans that really talked about them. And I think we talked about them more when Kyrie dropped over 50 on them last <laughs> season in Brooklyn, and then people talked about him at all. <clears throat> Houston has young talent, but the Houston Lakers game, I don't think that was ever in prime time. Those teams aren't playing on Christmas. So you have to be able to showcase your teams. But if you have, you know, two more mediocre teams or subpar teams, you're not going to put them on TV. And we're going to hear, like, reason we started this show is because people only talk about the Lakers. Well, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe NBA TV can do more at some point, you know, but I think it would have done it by now if it was planned to do more. I don't think the league is necessarily ready for expansion either, but this is the problem. The problem is if you make it, they will come. So people will spend the money if it exists, just like you were talking about, like as a fan of some of these teams, why are you charging me all this money to come watch a subpar product? You know why? Because people dumb enough to pay it. You know what I'm saying? It's the same reason why I used to get into arguments all the time. Yo, let's get online and play Madden. I ain't got no Madden. Why? Because they've been making the same it's game same for seven thing. years. You know what I mean? Like, what a roster update that I could have already downloaded off the internet anyway. You know? So, so like, people are going to spend the money. You know? So, what I wanted to do, I wanted to get your thoughts, you know, because I, I value your logic. Uh, but, uh-huh. but, you know, but I... uh. I wrote down some cities, you know, saying to get your opinion on whether or not you think they could support an NBA team. So, like I said, I figure we got Seattle and Vegas coming. So it'll okay. be easy. So it'd be easy to talk about them. You know, uh, then of course, if those are the two teams, you got to figure out like does New Orleans go east? You know, does Minnesota go east? I was gonna say Memphis, but then I was looking at a map and I was like, damn. Memphis, Memphis is a like, lot further west than you thought. Yeah, right? yeah. Like I was like, damn, Memphis is like Arkansas and Missouri, basically. You know, yeah, it's uh, super far. But but here's some cities that I wrote down. It's quite a few, so I'm gonna just run down, and then at some point I'll get into their populations. So yeah. here's some so here's some cities that I came up with: Kansas City, Louisville, Montreal, because I took Vancouver out because they already failed. And, you know, going off of the mystological theory, they're too far west and don't enough people live over there. Um, Mexico City, Virginia Beach, Columbus, Pittsburgh, San Diego, and Fresno. Do you think any of those cities could support an NBA team? Pittsburgh has a football team. I think they could because they have they're a sports town, but mm-hmm. you know they have hockey, hockey, football, baseball. They have the facilities. They have they have a rabid enough fan base to incorporate them into basketball. So I think that's sustainable. Mexico City, I would say no, just because you got to get. I'm I don't know what the drive is from Arizona, Texas, or California. Those are the, the three states or New Mexico that I can think of that border. California is close. Texas is far. I don't, yeah, I don't know like what that drive is, so I think that's unsustainable. Uh, Montreal, I know it's – I was actually looking it up today. It's like a seven-hour drive from me, and I'm in Jersey, but it is part of, in that section of Canada where 70% of the population lives, mm-hmm. and they had the baseball team, and then they have hockey. So I think that's sustainable because they have their arena already. 
Kansas City, because they have a football team, once again, baseball, I think it just you could just push those fans to yeah, the And arena. I know Patrick Mahomes is part of a team trying to make that push as well. Yeah. So you said Columbus, like Columbus, Ohio? Yeah, yeah, Columbus, Ohio, the number nah, 14. Ohio State, well, Ohio so, State rules that region. So I included them for population reasons. They've been growing for like the last 10 years. And right now they sit at 907,000 people, which ranks number 14 in the country. Yeah, but you already have you have Cleveland there. Mm-hmm. Cleveland is Ohio's basketball team. Cleveland! And they've been mediocre for so long. So it's just like you're literally putting like you're putting another bad ingredient in your stew. So it just, it just, it, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be. I don't think it'd be sustainable. And on top of what about your, what about your neck in the woods, Virginia Beach? Yeah, logistically a problem is Virginia Beach is logistically a problem because you can only realistically you can only get there one way, mm-hmm. and that one way involves a couple of bridges and some tunnels. Mm-hmm. So did you know? A fender bender in that bridge, or fender bender the bridge, or the fender bender in the tunnel, and either way, you're just like. Either on your way to the game, like I'm never doing this again, or if it happens on your way home, like I'm never doing this again. Because it's so, did, so, so did you know that back in 2011, the Sacramento Kings, the beloved Sacramento Kings, um, actually filed for a trademark to become the Anaheim Royals? And then uh, there were talks about Sacramento. They were talking about going to Seattle at one point back when KJ was the governor and everything. And then the corporations came through at the last minute to save the day, you know. So, um, so I was looking at which NBA teams are the least valuable because you brought up yesterday, you brought up, well, why don't we just move this team here and move that team there and then. You don't even need to expand. It's a already it's a product that's already there in the players. You don't have to worry about, you know, filling out these rosters with dudes that we already don't know. So, exactly. so from a value standpoint, these are the top 10 lowest valued NBA teams in order. New Orleans, Memphis, Minnesota, OKC, Charlotte, Detroit, Orlando, Cleveland, Indiana, and your world champion. Denver. Those are the 10 least valuable NBA franchises. So out of that list. So you know, Denver is 10 or Denver is like Denver is 10. Yes, I was going from one to ten. Okay. Uh, so 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 looking at that list, you know, I know there were rumors and talk. I don't know how serious it was, but a lot of people assumed that A-Rod uh would potentially move Minnesota to Seattle once he got some stake within the uh T-Wolves. So that was a that was a talking point. I know KG came out and said that he wanted to keep the team in Minnesota. He didn't want to keep his ass in Minnesota, but he wanted to keep the team in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, New Orleans, I think, is prime to move. You know, I think that they got Zion there, so like they got a little cachet, but like it don't matter. Owned by the end. same people on the Saints. Yeah, and then Charlotte, you just never know. Like I love the Hornets. I love their colors. I love the uniforms and all that, but. That's all they've ever been is a team with cool uniforms. You know, um, I don't want to see Detroit move. You know, Orlando. staple. Orlando. You can't can't keep shitting on Michigan. They already got bad water. I know, and they got a city called hell. You know, um, Orlando, 
maybe, but I think I like having a team near Disney, just having that imprint there. But but Orlando hasn't done anything in years. They got the rookie of the year, so you know maybe things are going to go up for them. And then, what do you, and then what do you think about Memphis? Like, do you think the Grizzlies are good there long term? Uh, probably not long term. Uh, my dad went on a like a guy's trip. You know, a bunch of retired veterans um, went on a guy's trip to Memphis, probably May, and he said they were at a stoplight, broad daylight shootout, just watching the shootout happen on the opposite side of the street. Dudes parked the car, ran up, bang, 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 ran back, jumped in the car. It might just be, and he said they were on Beale Street. Did he, did he mention anything about colorful braids? Nah. <laughs> that, that was that was a toy, man. It's a toy gun. Okay, okay, uh, okay. But he said he was on he was on Beale Street, and that was like an iconic street. It was like Bourbon Street or the Vegas mm-hmm. Strip or Times Square. It's like one of these these places you just you know relate to the city. And he said it just it didn't it felt he's like it felt kind of run down. So I can see them moving but that's probably it because there's no other reason to keep a sports team there other than whatever whatever local economy it feeds i.e when lebron left cleveland they talked about all the restaurants that shut down because cleveland was bad for so many years in a row that downtown wasn't popping maybe that's the same effect in memphis but if you are a business owner you're like listen i want to move Vegas offers a lot of good tax exemptions to people with a lot of money. That's why it's a lot of celebrities fleeing California to move to Vegas because uh, the mansion tax is like they're just kind of taxing the wealthier people in mm-hmm. California and using like their property as a you know as leverage for the tax. So a lot of business people are moving places to make those kind of moves. So if Tennessee offers the Memphis owners. And FedEx and everybody else, they all get good deals out of it. The Memphis won't move. New Orleans won't move because that, that ownership group owns the Saints. So, like, you got everything you need right there. You complete control. And you have you have a marquee player. Mm-hmm. So I can't For now. Moving. For now. I don't think they're going to move him. Well, like I, I said, know. the only reason is, like, Either he, if he doesn't play, then he doesn't play, then you you're just going to obscurity, just like the rest of these these teams that we're always talking about moving. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just going to say, I know there had been reports out, like they're saying that he's up in the gym now, I guess, but there was reports that came out recently saying that Zion and the franchise basically had no relationship at all. And I always think about why they give them over one hundred and eighty million dollars. And then like the relationship got worse after you give. They were, if they I, were hoping. Like, if I give you one hundred eighty million dollars. Will we stop doing this? You know why? You know why? I give you one hundred eighty million dollars. You know why? Because people of your ilk, <laughs> I always wanted to say that people of your ilk, if they didn't pay him, they would say things like, "This is why New Orleans is New Orleans. This is why nobody wants to go I there." Said that this is when why they paid him, though. That's you know the thing. I said that when they paid him is like, how am I gonna pay you? Literally, I think the amount of games he had played. It was something like $2 million for the amount of games he had played per game. I'm like, no. I just remember uh, the draft lottery when New Orleans won the first pick. And And the Knicks were so disappointed. Yeah, watching Zion sit there. And that was like my face when I found out I had orders to Wyoming. It was like the same exact thing. So I resonated with what Zion was going through at the moment. 
you know, <laughs> but, but, you know, but that's why expansion is a problem. That's another reason why expansions is a problem because, you know, like Vegas, I can see being desirable. I don't know how desirable Seattle is to live in. You know, I know the cost of living up there for us mere mortals is ridiculous, you know, and, you know, but I feel like Seattle would just be another team complaining that they can't get marquee players unless there's just some nostalgia, but none of these dudes were alive when the supersonics were a thing. So I don't, I don't think that exists. I think, like I said, I think the, you have hockey, you got the history of basketball, you got the Seahawks, got the Mariners, Mariners, Seattle right now, I think politically has been kind of weaponized as far as like, I think they've kind of like, they've done like this thing where they kind of decriminalized drug use, but instead of it having this, all right, now that I'm not being convicted of possession when I'm using drugs, I can go get help. It's people are just kind of using them out in the open and it, it's kind of taken over certain parts of the city, mm-hmm. which every every city has that. Like you're from Baltimore, I'm from Virginia. If you go through DC, it's like some places like might have been real nice, but then it's been kind of overrun by crime and it happens to the best of every city. But I think Seattle is one of those cities that's being like politically weaponized. So I'm not sure like the negotiation to move a team there or if they have the leverage to do that. They have the teams already in place, mm-hmm. and I think they're good with that. But I think if you show up, it's like showing up to a venue to like, you know, I want to have my daughter Sweet 16 here. There's like people might have done it in the past, and there's maybe some other venues in the area, but you're like, I'm trying to do this new thing for myself. I get you guys are all accustomed to X, Y, and Z, but mm-hmm. I want it to be pristine because I'm moving my team from here to here. So I want mm-hmm. it to be perfect. Um, and, so I think that's 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 probably one of the drawbacks that they're gonna have. Well, that's why I, I, I don't really think it's needed. I don't think and I don't think anybody can really argue that you need another team in the NBA. Well, that's why I eliminated Vancouver, you know, because looking back, you know, at Too Vancouver, far. yeah. So looking back at Vancouver, you know, um they they were there, the Grizzlies existed there for six years. We had the whole Steve Francis episode, you know, and like I was reading today about how part of what set him off was going through the airport and like, I guess people like that work there were asking if like his, him and his brother and their friends were like a rap group and all that. So like, you know, so that set, so that set him off, the but, uh, the conundrum. but yeah, but they had attendance ranks of 2017, 19, 16 and 29th. You know, so um, they ended up trading Steve Francis in this 11-team deal or 11-player deal, you know, where you didn't know hardly any of the players, you know. So I think Vancouver, um, and like I said, like going off of your take about how far west Vancouver is, there's just not enough people, I think, to grow what they had initially in the first place. You know, whereas Montreal, on the other hand, you know, Maybe you pick up some sloppy seconds, if you will, off of Toronto. You know, um, Montreal has its own identity within, 
the the nation of Canada. Like I know there's been times they're more, where they're more French. They're more yeah, French, and Toronto's right. more like uh, Caribbean. Right. I think I think just culturally, I think one since I think is one more Caucasian, the other one's more. Yeah. Well, I know that for a long Afro-Latina. time, Latina. Well, I know for a long time, Quebec, you know, was fighting for independence to become their own nation, to break away from Canada and all of that. So, like, so, so, I, so, like, we talked about this before, where like uh, having a team in like an NFL team in San Antonio, you know, when you have a team in Houston or Dallas, where where are you going to get the fans from? Because this thing is established. I don't think that applies to Montreal in the same sense of Toronto. Yeah. So, so, you know, but yeah, I agree. I don't think there's a need for expansion outside of the fact of the NBA has probably, I'm sure, done some studies saying that they can make X amount of money if they go to these places. And I mean, all this stuff is inevitable, you know, like there's going to be expansion, even if it's not now, you know, 10 years, 15 years from now, there's going to be some kind of expansion at some point. Every league expands at some point, like even baseball is talking about Oh, but are we? I think baseball maybe adding a couple of spots. But are we? I think are we at enough though? Like realistically, we have thirty-two NFL teams, thirty NBA teams, thirty baseball teams, probably thirty hockey teams. We're building up MLS. At some point, it's going to be enough is enough. Like what you have is what you have. The expansion, because I I can't as of right now thinking about it and having a discussion with you. I'm not seeing a reasonable because if you expand, more likely you got to go two teams at least. So mm-hmm. that's two cities. Mm-hmm. Realistically, probably four, just for the. Hey, know, so NBA 2K gives you six slots. <laughs> um, like I said, unless unless you're going, if you go Vegas, Seattle, okay, then you got to move a couple teams west. That's that. I think that's the extent. Because if you want to go with foreign, you know, shot of, you know, Montreal, which is just, you know, it's still North America. I just, I just don't see where you get value considering you have, like, you just read off the top 10. Denver being 10, you know, and value, they have a really least good value. Mm-hmm. Least value, but like, you know, just from right, 1 to right, 10. Right, so, like, right. they're 19th in value if you go the other way, right? Something like oh, that, yeah. like 19 or 20, yeah, yeah. They just happen to have a player that they grabbed in the second round, and then they were able to build around a couple of injured guys. They had Michael Porter Jr., who missed some time from injuries, Jamal Murray missed two years because of the ACL or the two playoff runs because of the ACL, and they all came together and it just worked. These other nine teams don't give themselves that same chance because they could have fired Mike Malone after you had two-time MVP mm-hmm. get swept out of the playoffs in 2021. That is what these other teams did. So the NBA doesn't have a team problem as far as like we don't have enough teams to showcase the talent. They don't have enough quality run teams. Yeah, that's what I was to about to say. They got an ownership problem. To be sustainable for entertainment. So like You got dudes like Ted Leonsis you know, just making a whole like boatload of money, and then then you got a guy like Jordan. Let's let's keep it on it. He pays a little bit of you know a few hundred million for his stake in the team, sort of for three billion. And they've been they were they've been they had a forty three percent winning percentage for the last fifteen years. 
and he's still gonna make he still made three billion. So yeah. if you are, if you are the owner, if you're the like even this dude who owns the Phoenix Suns, he just spent his money, so it's like four and a half billion. I don't know if that's gonna increase anytime soon. But the dude that was on Phoenix before, Phoenix had some awful years until they got crisp. They went to the bubble. Until they got, got a little James Jones break. in there as the GM. And, and then they got James Jones as GM. Then they got Chris Paul on the floor, as a floor general. And then they went to, you know, they had a couple of good playoff runs to include NBA finals. And then that dude was able to get like accused of some heinous behavior and still made four and a half billion on his team. Donald Sterling so made was, two billion. Donald Sterling made two billion. So it's like, you know, these owners aren't really incentivized to move is like, I'm just going to stay here. I'm going to keep selling these tickets and these jerseys. And when I'm ready to sell this team, like whoever owns Detroit, they're still going to make billions, whatever they pay. None of them are going to lose money. So the incentive to even be good is gone. So the fact that these teams, San Antonio may not be in the lottery next year. Maybe they will because they have, zero team around when you know i've been listening to these different shows and like a lot of people are like literally penciling san antonio into the play-in and like they're talking about like this free agent is going to go there they're going to get 27 and, and 55 gonna, you know like just just some wild stuff going on like i like 20. i like i like two players out of the whole roster and one of them hasn't 20. even played a game yet 27 and 55 that sounds about right, which would be like an eleven game improvement. So you know, <laughs> so it is what it is, you know. But Portland needs to start talking about improvement, you know, because Mister Damian Lillard, you know, is going to watch the off season process go through to make a decision on whether he wants to. So look, this is what pisses me off, right? So, 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 so look, Damian Lillard's been in the NBA long enough and in Portland long enough to know ain't no free agent willingly coming there. You know, that's number one. The franchise is not willing. I talked about this, like not saying that he was the answer, but Kevin Love was out there for years. You know, he's from there. Carmelo was out there for years. The ninth all-time leading scorer was out there for years. Could have got him pretty cheap, you know, low risk, high reward. They didn't do any of this. They left him, they got him C- for one year. They they left him and CJ McCollum out there, you know, playing mini me, you know, and it worked out one year. People got hurt. They made it to the Western Conference Finals. But what I don't like is after the draft, you know, they talked to the GM for Portland, and paraphrasing, he said something along the lines of like. You don't pass on a talent like Scoot Henderson. Like, he's too good to not select. So now, like, it's up to Damien on what he wants to do. Somebody's got to be the bad guy. Either Dame has to say, I don't like this direction. Get me out of here. Nobody's going to kill him for it because he's Mister. He's the face of loyalty. And if you're Portland. Yeah, I'm and about if you're, to kill him for it. I'm not going to kill him for it. I'm but, 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 if, but if you're Portland, but if you're Portland, People are going to say, hey, you know what? This is the business of the league. You know, like Olajuwon didn't finish as a rocket. Ewing didn't finish as a knickerbocker. So on and so forth. Dominique went to the Clippers. Yeah, so on and so forth. All right. So not necessarily like I'm like, I'm like, I'm not going to kill Dame. I was just being facetious. Dame, what Dame did, and you talk about the loyalty piece. Dame essentially in his his prime, which 
I know current NBA players, their prime is longer just because health and wellness and, you know, their ability to take care of their body and so forth and so on. So five years ago, when the super teams were all the rage, so we're going to go 2018, the KD, the Golden State, LeBron, uh, after that season, then going to L.A. Like, all these moves, Kawhi getting Paul George to come play with them, and all these guys were in these text messages in these group chats, and they were, like, fabricating their super team. Dame was, like, staunched against it. Just a staunch opponent of the, of that concept and that ideology altogether. And he was vocal about it. I don't want to team up with guys you know, I don't want guys. I I want guys that want to play and and win the right way. I want to stay here. I want to win up for Portland. So he spent his entire prime just going ham for Portland. And now Portland's like, well, we aren't going anywhere. We keep hiring and firing coaches, our GMs. We're getting guys in that are good at an interview, but can't practically apply what the things they said in the interview, and we're we're sputtering. And they're sputtering every single year. They make bad trades. They let the wrong guys go. They should have made a trade draft night. If they wanted to make a splash for Dame, they either should have moved Dame draft night or moved the number three pick and one of these other guys that they picked recently and try to make something. Send them down to L.A., get them Paul George, whatever. whatever Man, he was out there. You know, whatever trades you need to make, they should have made something instead of drafting. And like I said, I thought it was a good idea that Dame can learn from Scoop. I think it's a great thing. But if they know, if they knew before they made that deal that Dame was literally one one and a half feet out the door, then they should have just made the move for Dame draft night. They should have made the move trade. They should have traded him for I don't know the number six or number eleven pick from Orlando. Sent them down to Orlando. Let's, I love you, but I'm about to get the number three pick. I'm about to get six, 11, and whatever else I can get for you, and I'm going to rebuild my team. And I understand the loyalty piece, but now what are you going to do? Where's your leverage? Where's your leverage as a team? Like, you're going to trade them for another guy his age? You're going to trade them for – like, you can't trade him for Bradley Beal. He's already gone. You're going to trade him and try to oh, do a sign give us, trade give for us that trade. Give us that trade Nick Wright was talking about. So, so Nick Wright's trade – is you know, I just had on TV sending Damian Lillard, just Dame, down to Miami. Miami sends Tyler Hero, Nikola Jovich, Jovich, yeah, not joke, not Jokic, not, not Jokic, <laughs> Nikola Jovich, the kid Juan Yaquez that they just drafted, Caleb Martin, Jaime yeah, Jaquez, yeah, Jaime Jaquez, mm-hmm. Caleb Martin, a 27, 20, 2027 first round pick. 29. So it's one, two, three, four, four players, two picks. Essentially, considering that Nicola and the kid from UCLA haven't played at all, Miami would be trading Hero and Martin for Dame Willard. Bienvenidos, I Miami. You know, and I get that he wants to go to Miami. He should have said all that before the draft. <laughs> like so look at this point right dame is mr portland you know at this point you know um even clyde drexler you know ended up leaving or whatever so you know i feel like at this stage you would like to think that in a perfect world you could sit down 
get a list from Dame and say, hey, we want to do right by you. You held us down when you didn't have to. You could have left five years ago. You could have left eight years ago. Whatever. You know, yeah. like, so let's on, try real, to... Real, real quick, real quick. Okay, I get what you're saying, but he has four years. Yeah, but I don't want to pay him none of that. Enough. I don't want to pay him so, none of that. <laughs> so as a, as a team, if, if I get it. As a team and owner, you want to sit down. You want to, you know, you want to do right by the player. Right. Well, I mean, it, it might not work out, but 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 I at I least want to hear about. Quarter of a billion dollars. I'm giving you a quarter of a billion dollars. I did right by you already over the next four years. I did I, right by you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, yeah. have fun in Florida. Like, no, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure that there's other teams out there that can give them something better than what Miami could get them. And you're leaving me three to four years early. So you don't get to dictate to me. This is the problem with the NBA because a lot of these players. So Dame has too too much time left on his contract because usually what happens is you get somebody like AD in his final year in New Orleans and you go, hey, I'm going to send you to Boston. And then AD goes, yeah, but I'm not going to resign there. And then Boston's like, well, we ain't going to touch him if he ain't going to resign or whatever. We're not going to try to spend his time trying to convince him to stay. AD did the most boss move. He wore a shirt that said, that's all. That's all, folks. A beat, a beat, a beat. You know, so so with Damien. I love it. It was so petty. I loved it. So so with Damien, you know, like, look, Dame, you know, you've been the face of this franchise. You could have been left us, like, whatever the case may be. Let's talk about this. Give me three to four teams that you would like to go to. But the problem is, is now that this information is out there, he wants to go to Miami. He potentially wants to go to Brooklyn. What's going to make them teams give me anything worth my while? So Call now, GM that's easy to push over. So now, so now it's duck season. And I can call anybody I want that is willing to listen to a trade for you. Because at the end of the day, if I'm doing right by you, you got to do right by me because you said you love Portland. So don't put me in a position where I'm picking up welfare, you know, when you could get me some alimony. You know what I'm saying? So, so Nikola Jovich, no thank you. He might be you know good. He might That's be good. Crispy, Crispy Saw said he might be good. He's like, I don't know. These four players just turned out to be good. I heard great I, things about him. He said, I have no other thing to think of other than I, I, he no, might I, be heard, good. I heard great things about him going into the draft. But, but hypothetically hypothetically let's just say i call gotham city and you know they're like hey we'll give you rj barrett you know we'll give you randall you know maybe or whatever if you want randall so on so forth like i want that over whatever miami's trying to sell me you know like what if philly calls me and they're like yo we got this assassin scorer named tobias harris you know, along oh, yeah, with Tyrese Maxey or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? We got Tyrese Maxey with this pick, this pick, or whatever. Like, I'll take Tyrese Maxey over Tyler Hero. I think you could take – I like the Tyrese Maxey piece, I think, as far as for Portland. And now I can tell Harden to take a hike. Because he's now – like, he's kind of – he's proven that he wants and he enjoys taking the big shot. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, sometimes you just got to see if a guy is, you know, a big shot, take a big shot. Right, it. right. Like Dame has proven. And you did. already got Mr. Big Shot as your head coach. I just look at it like you, if you wanted to trade him, then there should have been trades on the table that you reviewed 
mm-hmm. prior to the draft. They should have the traded draft. him as soon as they got rid of CJ. Potentially. It should have been we are starting over because if you're not if you're not gonna build a team that wins, like every and we're gonna talk about a couple more trades here before we get out of here too. I just feel like when you make a trade, it should make sense to the people who are like, why like I should be able to understand why you make a trade. Mm-hmm. Like I might not know everything about all the players, but if you trade your seven foot center and you get a six two guard back, a role a six nine guy who comes off the bench and a couple of draft picks for four years from now, I'm like, I don't understand. Like, who's going to replace the seven foot? There guy had to be something of? better and more. It had to be something yeah. better, or you had to look at it like I'm not getting a replacement for the seven foot guy, like. You don't like if we're if we're planning a vacation, like yo, Mike, let's do a guy's trip. I'm thinking let's go to let's go to let's go to LA. Let's go to LA. We'll check out a Dodgers game, whatever, whatever, whatever. And you're like, all right, check it. I got another idea. Let's go to Oklahoma City. I heard they got great barbecue. <laughs> I'm not saying that's not a good time. But if I'm presenting you with LA, you can't give me OKC. Ticket, you can't give me OKC right after that. Right. So it's like right. give me Chicago. Like, or something. Give me Chicago. <laughs> like, give me, give me, like, yo, even give me Dallas. I'm like, all right, you know, LA, like this like the Dallas of the Midwest. I mean, LA is like, you know, like Dallas, like the LA of the Midwest. Okay, I, I kind of rock with that. You're like, all right, let me get maybe New Orleans. Okay, I, I can work with that. But if you off the rip, just offer me OKC and just sit down and like, okay, boom, what do we think of that? No, 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 no. And then I don't put your feet up. And then put your feet up like you dropped like the it's word. That's a great deal. Know what I'm <laughs> Stroking your pet cat like a cartoon villain. Like, yo, that's not the move. I don't want that. And that's what yeah, I it's feel like, like it's like Doctor Evil. What about Oklahoma City? Yeah, and it's yeah. like <laughs> what? Yeah, it's like you hang what, up the what? Zoom call. To be fair, though, you know, Damian is coming off his best season as far as, like, his scoring, you know, 32.2, which was up 8.2 from last year. You know, uh, this is his fourth highest three-point shooting percentage, you know, uh, his highest field goal percentage overall this past season. You know, um, problem, he's played less than 70 games in each of the last four years, so you got that going for you. But at this point, nobody cares. Like Miami just wants somebody that I mean, I'm just assuming Miami wants somebody that got drafted at this point. You know, <laughs> they, want, they want a guy that can like literally just kind of create his own who can just go on his own. So so Damon Miami. Damon Miami. They're the they're the favorites in the East. Uh if they keep if they keep Bam Struce Robinson. Like, if they keep everybody but Hero, like, everybody that was in the starting lineup for the NBA Finals games one through five, if they keep that team and all they lose is Tyler Hero and some draft picks, I would give them a shot. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine Milwaukee giving away two games again that easily. Because unless, that Middleton, really, that unless really, Middleton leaves. That set the tone. That set the tone for Miami's whole run was the fact that those games, because they they won it in five, mm-hmm. in games four and five, 
Milwaukee was up 16 points in the fourth. Mm -hmm. They hold on to both of those. Now they're up 3-2 after game after five games going to Miami, where Miami, as we saw throughout the playoffs, weren't that great at home. So it just it wasn't like, oh, a lucky shot here and there, but they were like up double digits. Mm-hmm. And then Miami clawed back. Milwaukee did get rid of the coach. They still have Giannis. He's rested. Because that's always another thing. When you get a good team and they go out of the playoffs early, that guy's chilling. Whatever he's working out, he's doing. He's been chilling since April. But now they got a first-time head coach. True, but, I mean, basketball is basketball. As long as you're not out there like Missoula just not calling timeouts (laughs) when teams going on fucking 11-0 runs when you're up 14. Let's get time out in here. Well, now we got to see if Middleton and Lopez come back. And then there's word that Bobby Portis is probably going to leave as well. So, you know, Milwaukee may not look the same next year. I mean, I think Middleton will be back, but the but, but the other two fr- probably your not. players are pretty much like Middleton. If Middleton comes back and Brooke Lopez doesn't, then you can get Yaka Pertle for 16 million a year, 18 million a year. Because, I, like I said, we, we went over the, their numbers. I think all these guys are going to want a slight bump. Mm-hmm. 15, 20% at least in what they were currently getting. And and the market is going to warrant that because there's no quote unquote marquee free agent on the board. There's no Luca's not out there. I mean, Kyrie's out there, but they've soiled his name so vehemently. Uh, Randall's not out there. And he's, he's more of like an upper echelon role player, marquee. You know, like if he's hot, they'll put him in a marquee kind of player. It's not many guys like that even available. Kyle Kuzma is a, Big personality, blonde hair, played in L.A. for a while, the Kardashian life. But realistically, he's better off just getting re-signed by Washington. I don't like. I don't see a lot of the free agents that are available, like those top ten so, guys we've gone through, so, that you uh, can pay to move there. So, Dame to Brooklyn, what's their ceiling? Uh, Brooklyn tends to make uh, bad deals, so I, I'd imagine they would give up too much to get Dame, and he would be in Portland on the on the east coast <laughs> it, realistic because like if you're brooklyn because they made the bad deal to get james harden i mean just just everybody in brooklyn should be fired they had kd and Kyrie just show up to their playoff team they were in the playoffs Kyrie and katie said new york's kind of cool want to go to the knicks nah let's go to brooklyn i like the uniforms better and we'll I don't like their the coach, so get the coach out of here too. So yeah, we go get rid of the coach. So I think they Kyrie played with the coach one year, but he only played like eleven and a half games or twenty or thirty, whatever the number is. He didn't play eighty-two. Mm-hmm. So you have your playoff team that battled Philly. You add KD and Kyrie, and then as soon as KD and Kyrie get on the floor together after letting KD heal for a whole year. And then Kyrie healed for most of the year because he came up injury. The first thing you do is say, let's blow this up before we get to December. You could have got 15 games, and, and you would have probably they probably would have been realistically, if they would have played 15 to 20 games, man, I got them at like 16, like 16 and four, somewhere in that range. Because Spencer Dinwiddie is a six, 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 seven guy, handles the ball, handles the pressure. Moment never looked too big, and he's playing off of Kyrie and KD. So Brooklyn would probably give up Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, Claxton, and like two picks to get Dame. 
just because they need a marquee because they feel like well, I was gonna York, ask you. they got to beat the Knicks and they would make a bad deal. It'd well, be a gonna, good deal for Portland, but well, I guarantee you the well, Brooklyn would make a bad deal. Well, I was going to ask you if you're Portland, do you take Ben Simmons? I don't take Big Simmons because he doesn't play. I mean, you're you're he's six ten and he is is as useful in the basketball court as I am because he simply <laughs> does not play. Like it's it's dope. I've seen Ben Simmons in, in person. Like I was at a Jay Z concert, shout out the whole, and I walked out the Wells it was a Wells Fargo, and I walked down the hall and he was walking down. One of the tallest human beings I've ever seen like walk past me, and he was wearing like some Tim. He looked like a giant. Yo, did those so dudes the really throw the diamond jump- up? Did those dudes really throw the diamond up before they shot at Cam? I, I don't believe in, <laughs> I don't believe in this hyperbole these hip hop artists talk about. But like I said, Ben, he's just he's just a giant human being, and then you see him out there, and it's like, why won't you dunk the ball? I mean, if your back hurts, I get it. There's there's some of the best medical care in the history of humans on Earth right now. You can go to any country in the world and get the absolute best back specialist, Yo, just, best neck specialist anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world you want to go. You have a million dollars to spare. You can get your whole body squared away, but yet you can't get on the floor in two years? Imagine two years? how different his life would be if he just took a layup. If he just dunked that ball, he would have had no back problems. You know what I'm saying? Just, Fit as a goddamn fiddle. Fit. Clean as a whistle. Whole career. Uh, so so where and, so and where then, do we and go? B, and B started crying after that. So so uh, where do we go? Like on, on October, whatever, when the NBA season starts. Season tips off. Is Dame on the Blazers? No. I say no because I think right now they're in a perfect position to go young and see what happens. Just simply just go go young and see what happens. You have a, a, a young head coach as far as like time, you know, in, in the staff. Jeremy Grant's a free agent. He's gonna chase the he's gonna chase the pie. You had Jurkic, who's always injured. I think your best bet is to simply take your number three pick, who's ready to prove himself, move Dame Lillard for whatever. Best deal you realistically can get. And you can look out for him, but he's no matter what, he's going to get $213 million between now and You already looked out for him. Yeah, my son's a freshman in high school. So when Dame, when my son graduates, so my son's graduation day, Dame Lillard would have made $213 million. So I think he'll be all right no matter where he goes. Even if you have to send him to Detroit and get Kate Cunningham and Ivy and some picks, whatever you got to do. Where, wherever you have to send them to make it work, you just got to do it. Because looking out for the player, because people made it seem like Phoenix getting KD was looking out for the player. No, um, that was Brooklyn looked out for themselves a little bit. They got some pieces back. Yeah, they definitely did. They did too much movement when they initially had, and they got you know crazy big eye when they thought they can get James Harden and have this ultimate big three when they should just kept Jared Allen, should have kept Spencer Dinwiddie, should have kept Karis Levert. They should. That team would have been competing for championships if they just would have kept it Kyrie, KD, and the squad. Yeah. We 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 wouldn't even be talking about Miami. Yeah. You know, but I, I can't help but think that they'll get they would get a better deal from Brooklyn. You know, because they because I mean with Brooklyn, they could at least ask for Nick Claxton. 
you know, and you know, like Tyler Hero like doesn't move the needle for me at all. Like I love the song, you know, shout out to Jack Harlow. You know, I love that beat, you know, like I, I still play 2K22 just to hear that song sometimes. But uh we got these trades going on. You know, we talking about Dame getting trade, but there's also some other movement. We saw John Collins from the Atlanta Hawks. It took three years in the making to get this man traded. And he is now the latest member of the Utah Jazz for a second round pick in the ghost of Rudy Gay past. You know, and Mr. Logical Yo, told me, that, Mr. Logical told me that basically, like, yo, Atlanta fans just need to go on strike. They need to not come back yeah. to the arena. Free trial, thirty dollars tickets. <laughs> we we packing this. We packing this whole place. You can go one hundred twenty dollars for the lower level, ninety for the middle. 30 for everything else. I'm not like I'm not paying you money when you out here just winging it. Like there's things that you can do to ensure that you don't just give your team away. And everyone keeps talking about they're talking about Golden State. They talk about it with uh Phoenix with CP3 and they're talking about it with now Atlanta. Oh, they're getting off that money. No, don't get them off the hook. You paid these dudes this money less than two years ago and all of a sudden they're just falling apart mike me and you've been friends since 2013. that's 10 years i've never been like man mike is terrible and we didn't even hang out that much before we became friends you know what works and doesn't so instead of giving these guys 170 million dollar contracts and hoping just be honest in that moment a guy like zion didn't deserve his extension you should just let him walk John Collins didn't deserve it. If you felt like if you felt like you were going to get rid of him in a couple of years, because you have that feeling, Jordan Poole wasn't worth that money. All right, they CP3 say he was too old to get that money. So they say a woman knows within the first five minutes if she's going to see with you or not. Yeah, there other you than go. that, you're in a friend zone. There you so go. Just be thankful that y'all like to hang out and go to Waffle House and Denny's or wherever you go you know, after you so, pay for her drinks all night. So I was trying to explain to Mister Logical. I was trying to explain to Mr. Logical. I get heated, man. You know, that these things can't be judged in the moment. You know, there's always something at play here. You know, we have to revisit this probably in two years and see what Atlanta does because the report had came out earlier in the week that the mandate was get under the luxury tax. You know, what's the point of us being in the luxury tax and we ain't contending anyway? So what this particular deal did was and I'm reading from my phone, so I apologize for the viewers on YouTube. I'm not look, I'm not distracted. I'm just trying to read this so I get it right. Um, so coming into today before the trade, Atlanta was $9.3 million over the luxury tax. This deal took them to 13.7 million below the tax. It also opened up a $12.4 million mid-level exception, you know, and a 4.5 uh, BAE. And then, you know, uh, it generates a $25.3 million trade exception. With the goal of next year, DeJounte Murray is a free agent, Sadiq Bay is a free agent, and Okongu is a free agent. So that's step one of why they did this trade. 
cool. You know what I mean? All those dudes were on the team last year when they were in the playoffs, right? They were. How they know, go? You know, um, yeah, Midlanta, right? That's what we called them. And That's what I'm uh, you know, but 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 like I said, two years because I assume, you know, that this is the only deal that Atlanta is going to make this off season. You know, because they also have some decisions to make about people like DeAndre Hunter, who we brought up the other day as being a disappointment. So they have decisions to make. So, like, that's why I said you got to give it two years, because then next year when they resign these dudes, you know, at least two of the three, maybe they have extra money to go get somebody else. And who knows? Trey Young might be on the table. We've heard that report, you know, over the course of time. So so it's hard. So so in the moment we're looking at this like Rudy Gay, but they maybe they buy Rudy Gay out, you know, clear up another roster spot. Yeah, six million dollars, six point four million. And, and you go do you you cook it with grease at that point, you know, just like the Wizards, right? They did the Jordan Poole thing. Maybe they flip him at the trade deadline. You know, maybe no, they, you they maybe they trade him at the end of the season. I don't you know. Can't. But but because the point the way the way to like that's the thing the NBA with the new CBA, team. yeah. The NBA paints teams into a corner, hence why teams are so bad for so long if these pays if these plays don't hit. That's why I'm like, why are you giving money out knowing that if this doesn't hit, you are stuck with it? Or you're gonna get a terrible trade. So I got I got an article about that. Uh Brad Botkin uh from CBS Sports. And what he said, he was like, literally, bottom line, the deal Atlanta wanted for Collins never came. Basically, it's just like Miles Turner. It's it's because you put yourself in a position of where you are paying for what you think you need when it's really not even what you want. Mm-hmm. And if so many teams get stuck in that and then they get stuck and Utah, for some reason, seems to be bailing everybody out. I don't know how they took on Russell Westbrook and bought him out. And sent them out of the way, and that didn't cost them. And now they're taking on Collins, and they're going to take on that seven, eight million. I, like I said, I'm looking for internships. Uh, I'm looking to the camera. I want to know how y'all do this. I work for free. Philly, just holler at me. I'm, I'm 30 miles away. I can hey. shoot right down. I'll hey. be there. Uh, Brooklyn, I take Utah, the train up. Utah Mitch, winning 45 yeah. games next season, and they Listen. and they got these picks. Listen. Danny Ainge has all those picks. He ain't pick a goddamn thing yet, other than Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, which fell right into his lap. He didn't do anything <laughs> with the secondary picks that he had in every one of these rounds. Yeah. Nothing. He's just he's just a bunch of dudes with a he's a guy with a bunch of poker chips, but as soon as you get in the hand, you can fleece him for like two thousand <laughs> of them chips. And then people make it seem like, oh, look how good of a job he's doing. Like, well, he never won the tournament. He got a lot of chips, never won the tournament. I mean, like I said, I, I get that you you had you you made the deal because they want them, but I, th- I think a lot of it is these these teams and coaches they don't marry the concept, the timeline, the players, and the executives. Like they don't. It's not that has to be cohesive. That has to be one good meal. Like that even it has to be a good cake. Because when you bake, you have to be precise. Like it has to be on point. You can't not put enough butter in your brownies or not put enough milk. Like whatever the case may be, it has to be precise for the cake taste good. You can make gumbo and just wing it. A la putting KD on Golden State and it just works out. 
putting James Harden in Brooklyn, and if they all stay healthy, they will win a lot of games because like 18 or two when they played 20 games or something. Or when LeBron went down to Miami with D Wade, they figured it out. They won a couple of chips and went to four. Even though it was completely discombobulated and that he had beef with Pat Riley for that whole time because he couldn't get his family on the plane, yada, yada, yada. They still won a bunch of games because it's gumbo. You stole it all together. Denver, that's a cake. That should have had to work perfectly. Miami now is a cake. Not a big cake, but it's like everything's put together properly. Atlanta and teams like Atlanta and Detroit and Orlando and New Orleans, they sign coaches like Stan Van Gundy. Stan Van Gundy hasn't been a relevant coach for 14 or 15 years. It's just his time is gone. Guys like Doc River in Philly, his time is gone. You need new waves, new ways of thinking in the building. Then you get a lot of teams that have good players that are about to come up to contract. Then you fire the coach. And then you bring in a new coach, a new philosophy. They don't give a shit about this new coach because I'm already on a contract. I don't care about Quinn Snyder. He's not going to let me shoot the way I want to shoot. Yeah, so Trey already got player. rid of two of them. So you you get you keep getting rid of these coaches. So now it's like these coaches know, like, yeah, man, you don't want to go work for you don't want to go work for Mike Wilson, man. He'll fire you if you don't if you don't tell him his wife has yeah. a pretty dress on. And, and you and you were party. talking about uh, Frank Vogel earlier as well. You know, like hey, Frank Vogel, like, is, Frank Vogel is, I think Phoenix is like fourth in Vegas odds to win the title. And I'm like, how, Sway? It ain't NBA 2 don't even got no just, roster. Just drink Gatorade and get back on the floor and just keep shooting up shots. It's like, and you got three guys who basically play the same way. And they all and making, what a, was it, like $723 million? <laughs> They're making damn near a billion dollars from those three. Let's throw eight in there. That's $880 million to four dudes. And, and, and you, you need 11. You need yeah. six or seven more guys on top of that four, and they got to get a check. They're not going to play for free. Now you yeah. got to go get Jabari Parker and Stanley Johnson and, Chase and try Randall. to get Joe Dumars out of retirement. I'm like, what are you What are you thinking? Let me try to get Larry Bird out here to shoot us some threes. For hey, maybe Melo can make a comeback. Man, he waved at the garden. That's it. <laughs> Kion, you can go get Kion. Maybe you can get, you know, you go get Bronny next year and bring in LeBron with him and LeBron plays for the veteran minimum. But like I said, a lot of, a lot of teams that they, they, Golden State's about to see this because Golden State's success was they had the coach, they had the star, like they fired Mark Jackson. But then they brought in Steve Curry and they had the core players in place and they kept them. Clay Thompson probably shouldn't have got his extended deal off the, mm-hmm. the two lower leg injuries for a jump shooter. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't have got that deal. He got his deal. Draymond probably shouldn't get this deal here. Probably shouldn't get. get this next one, but he will, based off the fact that in 2022 they won a championship. So maybe right up the nostalgia. A lot of these guys are getting deals before they do anything for you because you're just kind of hoping you keep it together. I.e. Zion, even John Morant. John Morant got has a great deal, but you knew his behavior was nutty. You knew his how his entourage behaved because I'm pretty sure they weren't they didn't just get like this because he signed his deal last year, and the money hasn't even kicked in yet. So they act like this before he even gets into that extension. I think the money kicks in this season, which is going to be cut down by essentially damn near a third with the 25 game suspension. So I mean, like, I like teams making trades. Like I said, I like Porzingis uh, going to to Boston. I think it helps them with length. 
and it didn't seem like a lot had to move for that to happen. I like the three three team trade seemed to work a little better. It seems like everybody's kind of getting what they need. So maybe Dame works some kind of three team deal. So, I don't know what team you will work. Maybe so you work Kyrie see. in and get Kyrie sign a trade to Portland, and then Dame goes to Miami, and then Tyler Hero and somebody goes to Dallas. I don't are we going to see? Are that. we going to see the goat in the trade? The goat. You talking about LeBron? Paul George. Boy, stop. <laughs> Boy, stop. Are we going to see um, Paul George in the trade? I no, because I think he's so injury. I won't say injury prone, but he got injured, and people thought he was going to come back before the playoffs ended, and didn't. So that leads people to think that either it was worse than they said, or he is just injured so much that he can't recover at the mm-hmm. same rate that he did before. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, like, there's – I don't think there's a reason to trade for Paul George. I don't know what he gives you to where you give up assets for him. Well, not at this stage, but, yeah, two years ago would have been okay maybe. Yeah, like, we, we're, we're looking at a lot of these players, and it's, it's running out. The game time is, is getting short. I mean, at 32, it's only so long. Even I'm not even talking about like just physically, just like how long do you think a guy's going to want to keep doing playing on mediocre teams, even though the money's coming in? Because after you make, like, granted, I've never made this kind of money, but I imagine that Devin Booker's probably made in contracts maybe about 80 to 100, 110 million with like more money coming. He plays a couple more years. He's probably getting 45 in the next couple of years. DeAndre Ayton is going to get 130 million. Bradley Bills up to two. He his contract for 245. A guy like Jokic is 265. I think Doncic is getting like 200 and something. Dame Little has 213 left. Steph signed like a 220 million dollar extension. Like these guys are getting 200 million dollars in the course of three or four years. All of them aren't playing on great teams. So how much longer do you think you're going to keep these guys out there? Like, you know what? I got $200 million in the bank right now. I got property everywhere. My kid's seven, you know, or my kid's about to be, you know, you know, seventh grade, about to work on his skills. Like, do I need to, do I need to do what, like, cause you're not going to get the 20. Well, Mark Cuban, long, Mark Cuban better be working the phones because Luca get up out of there. They going to come drag his ass out of the building and Gaddafi him. <laughs> Well, the same, but that's the same thing in Dallas. Is just that you're, you're building around the player, but you're not. You don't have the coach that fits the player. Somebody got to tell Luca Dog, at you get the ball at 20 seconds, you got to make a pass by 12. That's gonna get us to somebody else, and you can get it back at six, and shoot your little floater. But don't just hold it. And right. you got guys like Porzingis, Jalen Brunson. And if you hard, like you had all these guys just kind of standing around waiting on the ball. And it's like, everyone's yeah. not just standing to shoot threes. So, so that's what I was going to ask you. That was one of the people I was going to ask about is, is um, Tim Hardaway that you keep calling Anthony. <laughs> is, uh, yeah. is, is he a trade piece now? Well, I don't know what's, what's available. I don't know what's, what's out there. Cause no one's doing one-on-one trades. I think a lot of people are, a lot of teams are looking to 
Well, assuming that Kyrie comes back and get diamonds back. Well, assuming that Kyrie comes back, you know, they got JaVel McGee. They got uh, Derek Lively, who they just drafted the other day, you know, tanked just to trade down two spots to get him, even though he was probably there anyway. You know, they got Powell, you know, Kleba, you know, um, Reggie Bullock, you know, so like as is right now. They're probably fighting for the play-in again next year, unless we're assuming. I don't, I don't think so because I don't really see any other team. I think Denver is well constructed. I think, I think the Lakers because they have presumably a healthy LeBron, and maybe if they can keep one or two of their free agents that could be potentially on the market and AD. And it seemed, and Larry Bird said this in a quote I saw the other day. He was like, I never pursued free agents if they played with LeBron. He said, because LeBron can make those guys look better than they are. You know, so maybe he gets a couple of, maybe Rudy Gay on a buyout comes from Atlanta to LA and he plays a couple of years. Maybe Denver can't keep Jeff Green in it. You know, you kind of get like cast (laughs) off, you get some cast off players who are like, Rudy Gay is the new Channing Fry. You know, like so, like you know, so, so I don't, I don't want to use cast off because these guys are professional athletes, but guys that are just like journeymen. Yeah, like I why are you the, even the in the league right now? The besides Warriors a friendship. Team. Exactly, your buddy Tristan Thompson. Tristan yeah. Thompson, yo, he was out there talking cash shit in that in that game against Jokic. Jokic just was smiling like, look at this guy. I'm gonna get out of my horse. <laughs> but he must like those kind of players because you're not gonna get. Like Trey Young's not coming to LA for some 2031 draft pick. Maybe a sign and trade with Austin Reeves if Atlanta's feeling like, yo, we can rebuild with a new attitude. A bunch of guys that will come in and listen to Quinn Snyder versus a couple of guys who didn't listen to the last couple of coaches. I mean, so like maybe that's a piece you can you can sell. But for the most part, I, I think these teams are set. Or teams like Charlotte, they're just probably gonna just they're gonna run out. They're gonna run out the best team that they can, and it probably will be unsuccessful. Team yeah, like Washington, have, Washington's uh, making moves, and Jordan Poole is gonna average twenty six and a half points next year. Yeah, presumably uh, uh, Charlotte 41%. will have Miles Bridges back. You know, um, PJ Washington's a restricted free agent. Terry Rozier has probably been on the trade block just as long as John Collins. Yeah, but but that's the same. What's what's the construct of the team? Is the team like, is LaBella Ball the point guard or the yes, two guard? He's the point guard. Is Rogier the point guard or the two guard? The two is guard. He the second unit guy. Is he two guard? Is he the guy who holds the ball all the time? Uh, Miles Bridges. Is well, it depends because with... because Lamelo is on the all injured team too. Okay, then you have Brandon Miller coming in. Where does he fit in? Does he have any dog in him? Or does he, or is he just a dude that just happens to be tall and talented and plays basketball? Because I haven't, like, because you have heard, you know, they talk about Wimbyama, talk about his maturity. So I think San Antonio will be all right. They won't win many games, mm-hmm. and it's not a great free. But they'll be competitive. They'll be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Duncan will take over as a head coach in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. When Pop calls it quits. Mm-hmm. Uh then you have Scoot Henderson. Are, they, they people raved about his intensity. The Thompson twins. People saw. Granted, it was a 
OTE, but they played together. Mm-hmm. They made game-winning plays, and they won, you know, the championship of the league that they were in. Um, Brandon Miller, we saw him just kind of, you know, like I said, we all were, you know, privy to his personal life and the, and the legal situation. I was, you know, oh, Malika Andrews got that down. You don't have to keep bringing it up. It's not like the NFL draft and was like when they asked Des Bryant's mom if she's a prostitute. You know, just like you don't have to like shit on these guys. You can make an honest assessment. Hey, he had some personal issues going on that are well documented, and maybe the adversity affected him during the the. Uh, yeah, maybe he was distracted, you know. Distracted. Best case scenario, he was distracted. So is he going to be distracted by the fact that he went number two overall and there's this expectation of him now? Is he going to be able to adjust to life in the NBA? Is he going to get the body? Like, where is he going to play? Is he going to play the three? Is he going to play the four? Is he going to get to 220 pounds? Because right now, 200 pounds. I got a 14-year-old that's 170. Mm-hmm. Six foot 170. So it's like, and he's 14. You're... Six nine two hundred. That seems like you might want to be a little bit bigger. And then, of course, there's always the saga of Russell Westbrook. Russ is gonna be like president of the United States, in like fifty <laughs> years. The dude is just resilient. He never says a negative word about anyone. He could have gone in via the press about Katie. He didn't say anything. He had a couple of subtle things. I saw him do. He did something with his wardrobe. He had like he he wore like a vest or something that said something on it in French, and someone was like they looped it back to like something KD did or said or something like that. Um, when he played the Lakers, he played his ass off. When he when he when he went to the mm-hmm. Clippers, yeah, he gonna love Chicago. He went at uh, is that what he they got him going? <laughs> no, that's where I got him going. You got him going to Chicago? Yeah, he... I think the fans will love him. I think mm-hmm. I think the fans love him. Like I mean, he's probably a lot of guys' favorite player, even in the league. Yeah, he's Wimbayama's favorite player. So maybe he goes to San Antonio. I don't know. Now that That'd would be, be entertaining, and I will be, be there. Absolutely. <laughs> At, it, ESPN, ABC, TNT—they're all—they're on it. And then because we can start talking about the play-in. <laughs> but because the way people want guys to play, these free agent signings, guys like Porzingis, Harden. KD in the playoffs, the way people want, like they're like they demand that we want to see KD do this. Russ does that. He averaged thirty point triple double after KD left, and he went after him every time they played Golden State. Mm-hmm. And when they asked him about an interview, he was like, "No, nah, we're just a couple of competitors, man. It's my brother. I love him. I've loved him since we've been in the league. It's, that's never going to change." And it's just like you know he doesn't like him. You yeah. know, like it was a little yeah. bit of a sting to it because everyone was blaming Russ for Katie leaving. Right. And Katie never came out and said, No, I wanted to play, I wanted to play a different type of basketball. And I really like the basketball they're playing going to state. But even if he said different type, they were like, Oh, yeah, I want to play with Russ. Right, right, right. And he never really said until recently he's talking about Kyrie and James Harden. I think even past couple of years, he's been I think he's kind of realizing that you know, this this media NBA thing is just is just bugging. So I know. You know shout out to Easy Money Sniper for getting up in the Twitter spaces and letting those people know who was who and what was what. Yeah, it was, it's bananas. It's bananas that he does that, but I think it would be like I like it though. Him. Like I, you know, if, I used to criticize him for me, it. I used but, to criticize it too, but it's like that's kind of dope. 
Yeah, like, if like you're gonna do it, do it. If you're gonna live this life, do it. Yeah, like Russell Westbrook would be the perfect dude to do something like that. You Russ know, was with, in the, the VIP lounge in the playoffs. You know, with all the stuff that people talk about him, and you know, Russ you was know. in the VIP lounge <laughs> at halftime in his sweaty uniform, ready to knuckle up with somebody. Like, yeah, dude, dude has Corona, and I was like, come on, man. So, like, so, so you. Yeah, so, so you don't think uh, you don't think Danny Ainge got a couple of more moves in him this offseason? Uh, well, his moves have to be like the person has to be locked in for two or three years because NBA players don't like Salt Lake City. Yeah, because I know like Colin Sexton doesn't seem like a Danny Ainge type player, but I guess we'll see. I don't, I don't, I, I like Colin Sexton. I mean, I mainly like him from. I'm not viral, saying I don't like him. I'm just saying viral, like, he just doesn't he, seem. They stare down at the free throw line. Yeah. I mean, when he's in high school. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorite clips. Cause like that's what I want somebody to do. Like I I'm, if I'm watching a competitive, I want you to, I want you to, I want your personality to come through in those kind of moments and then back it up, which he always did. Um, I don't think he's a bad player. I no, not at all. I just don't think he's a Danny a game Ainge type player. What is a Danny Ainge player? Like like a Marcus Smart or like a you know, just like the Hmm? He's, he's intense. He plays tough defense. Makes tough shots. He's a good teammate. You you could tell he, he's always cheering his teammates on. Can he be? Can he be the heart of a team? Do you need him to be the heart of the team? No, but Danny Ainge. But Danny Ainge was like one of the early shooting guards that like got up in people's faces and all that. Like he just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, yo, he was like a top three sport athlete in high school. Danny, Ainge. Mm-hmm. like he was one of the first ones that were getting recruited for every sport by every school when he was mm-hmm. in high school like I saw, I saw that like a couple of months ago i was like that's crazy yeah i don't I, I like utah i like utah's talent i just don't know with the john collins thing you just drafted hendrix the other day you know like I just, you can you can do it twice if you get like we were talking about that video earlier if you can rebound you rebound you play hard if you play hard one thing that will happen, the Utah media, Salt Lake City media especially, will never write a negative word about you. Mm-hmm. You're going to get nothing but praise and adoration from the fans. And the they'll boo the hell out of the opponent, and they might throw some racial epithets. There's a few people out there that will they will get into Russell Westbrook. But if you're a member of the team, you're going to feel at home. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel comfortable. And if you can divorce yourself from this expectation that I'm an NBA star and I want NBA star treatment outside of the arena. Mm-hmm. You're going to get so much love inside the arena. Well, I wish people, uh, I wish people cared about John Collins because you know, John Collins probably got something to get off his chest. So, you know, it's that time of show where we got to get something off our chest. I think I think I'm pretty clear this week, man. It's like it's all good, man. I just got a quick one, you know. I just got a quick one, you know. Like, so I was sitting around thinking about this today. I was listening to Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo, you know, New England's finest, if you will. And they were sitting around talking about Kyrie Irving and how you know uh, Dallas is the market. That's the end of the market, is right there, just Dallas. And I was thinking to myself, you know, Kyrie Irving regardless of how you feel about him personally, is a uber-talented person. 
You know, he may not always say the right things, do the right things. He pissed me off with the whole, like, why y'all talking about me? It's because you're sitting at the Laker game. That's why we're talking about you, <laughs> you know. But, but you know, but but overall, everything I hear about Kyrie Irving from players is how awesome he is, how generous he is. You know, we've seen what he's done with the WNBA. You know, he's out here paying for funerals. He took time off. Now, I don't know if it was a BS excuse or not, but he took time off after January 6th because he said he needed a reset because it was getting to him. You know, um, it's funny to make jokes about him thinking that the earth is flat and all that good stuff like that. You know, but for all intents and purposes, I've never heard anyone in the locker room talk bad about Kyrie. Even when he came out and was like, I want out of Cleveland because I want the perks that LeBron gets and I don't get my props. Nobody came out and was like, yeah, Kyrie's selfish like that, man. Like, he takes away from the team because all he cares about is himself, and he's always comparing himself to LeBron and so on and so forth. We didn't hear any of that. So as I was sitting there listening to Rosillo and Simmons talk about him, it made me think of one, Terrell El Dorado Owens, because we heard a lot of these same things about T.O., you know, and T.O. has provided – some of the best moments of my sports watching fanhood, you know, even though he never played for any of my teams, T.O. with the pom-poms, T.O. with the Sharpie, and my ultimate favorite down at Seymour Johnson Air Force Base at the NCO Club when they were playing the Ravens and he got up and did scored a touchdown and did the Ray Lewis dance. You know, I lived off of that for about a year. Every time I saw this one dude in the streets, I just break out the Ray Lewis on him, you know, because T.O. <laughs> was that impactful. But the but the point being, you know, is that from everybody that you talk to, except for maybe Hugh Douglas, T.O. is one of the best teammates that these guys ever had. And the media made it a mission to tear these guys down just because they walked a little differently than the rest of us. But we want our athletes to be authentic and we want our athletes to have personality but then we kill them for displaying that personality that we request of them. So, so it made me think about that, you know, and I just want Kyrie Irving to know that I appreciate him. You know, I don't agree with everything he does. Just like there's not a person on this planet walking around that I agree with everything that they do. You know, Kyrie maybe didn't have to post a link to that video and piss off half of America. Listen, the video you was know, on Amazon, nobody mad at Jeff Bezos. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, but at the end of the day, Kyrie Irving, if nothing else, is Kyrie Irving. You know, and how could he be anything else when he knows where he comes from? Cheers. So, yo, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just had to get that off my chest because, you know, like I said, it's the good thing. Everybody wants to jump on Kyrie. You know, I know everybody got mad about the COVID thing. The COVID thing wasn't his fault. That was New York City's fault, you know, with their mandates. You know, you always talking about too much government. You know, now you want Kyrie to listen to the government. It was ridiculous, man. It don't it make sense. Ridiculous going around New York City. It don't make sense. Even Stephen ridiculous. A. Smith was talking about, like, I like Kyrie Irving. He's a good brother. I just want him to go to work. You know what I'm saying? You know, so he could sit around with the bags under his eyes looking like Stephen A, you know, so like, but, but, you know, but at the end of the day, I appreciate T.O., you know, and what he meant to football. Obviously, Kyrie Irving is probably not the level of basketball player that T.O. was a football player, you know, but the overall point being is that for some reason, 
everybody's locked on them with the lasers and want to tell you how awful they are when the dudes that share spaces with these individuals have nothing but positive things to say about them. And, you know, even Kobe Bryant, like Kyrie Irving was like the little brother that he never had. Yeah, he was like, he's like, you got to guard me. He's like, I lock you up. He's like, you can't guard me. You got to guard me. He's like, young. Yeah, like like I said, my, my whole my whole uh, concept of if somebody tells you they're mad about something, they're mad at a person, they're mad at this concept. Ask them two follow up questions. Yeah, let's like, like let's let's put this in practice real quick. Like, yo, so, I'm, I'm I'm mad at Damian Lillard. All right, so what did he do? So he has decided to play on a mediocre team for the last ten plus years, and then now all of a sudden he's acting like. He's surprised that they're going nowhere. All right. So should he want to stay there or should he want to leave? He should have wanted to leave would three you, would years you, would ago. You, would you stay? Would you stay at a terrible job even if you stay a little too long? Would you say, you know what? Well, I stayed this long. So I should stay or should I no, get another opportunity? No, I'm looking for opportunities the first chance that I get. And he's looking at the opportunity the first time he realized, like, hey, this is not going to work out. I but thought the it problem, was. But the problem is this ain't the first time. You know, he just never wanted no, to believe. No, no. I said the first time he realized. There's a difference between the first time he hoped that it wasn't the case and now he realizes the difference. People stay in a bad marriage until they realize they go on vacation and realize, like, oh, this is how I can live my life. Well, that's, because, well that's, that's a little different. And they come back like, listen, hey, baby, check hey, it out. No, 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 no. It's cheaper not to keep her. It ain't cheaper for Portland to keep him. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes you just need, sometimes you just need that moment. Like I, I talk about, I talk with a friend about it. I was like, yo, I had a bad haircut once when I was like 13, 14. And I was, my boys was laughing at me and we was playing spades and this girl was rubbing my head and she's like, Ralph, I like this. I was like, a word? This, this is the move? Couldn't tell me nothing after that. Like sometimes like you just need, you just need that, that extra piece of information. Yeah. You you're like, need- yo, you like this bowl. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna keep going to that barber. I was ready to go fight the barber. 13 mm-hmm. years old. All yeah, me and the wins got that. into that one time, you know, like before I started shaving my head, you know, I was still trying to line it up. I had my black ice and all that kind of stuff. And you know, she's <laughs> like, dude, you gotta let it go. You know, she she like she like, who are you trying to look good for? Who are you trying to impress? And I was like, yo, I don't care about these broads. I said, if it was about that, I would just shave my head because I get more attention that way. And she said, You do what now? And I said, Yo. <laughs> That sports reports is ordered. That's <laughs> <laughs> that is Mr. She was, Logical. <laughs> she was buying two pays right now. She on Amazon buying wigs. You know what I'm saying? That is Mr. Logical. I am two five. You know, Fourth of July is coming up, so we'll keep you posted. But we may only get at you once next week. But we will be back on Thursday. So America free agency starts this weekend. So you know we're going to be following that up next week. You know, we're going to keep the trade talk going because the flea market is open. So many role players about to get $200 million contracts. Yo, I'm sitting up here. I'm sitting up here looking at this stuff, and I'm sitting up here like, yo, Fred Van Vliet about to be like, he about to get the equivalent of Monty Williams, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that equivalent. Whatever that equivalent for a player is. Fred in the Maybach. Yo, I'm sitting up here like, Brooke Lopez is 35 years old. They somebody about to pay him like he's 25. Pack up the drink truck like the town. But as Gilbert Arena said, you better go rebound. <laughs> Cause this scoring ain't meant for all of y'all. Everybody can't shoot. But people, like, review, subscribe. 
It's Follow, free. share. It's all we ask. Tell your friends, tell your grandma. Yeah, tell granny. Like, you know, remember uh, that fabulous line, was it? Uh, you know, I'm in a throwback so older to you make know, your grandma make glance. Dance. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We love you, America. We out. Peace.